Amen. 1 Samuel, the 14th chapter, in the first verse. Now it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father, and Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. And the people that were with him were about 600 men. In addition to the 600 men, Ahiah was there, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. And he was the one wearing the ephod. And the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over unto the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Bozes and the other name was Sinna. The forefront of the one was situate northward over against Migmash and the other southward over against Gibeah. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be. Everybody say, It may be. Amen. Say it again. It may be. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Amen. It may be, everybody say that again, it may be. It may be that the Lord will just go to work for us. Amen. And I want to preach for just a little while from this title. It may be that the Lord will. And I don't know the end of your sentence, but I know the God that's no respecter of persons that knows what you have need of. Amen. Why don't we pray together? Set your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your voices to the Lord in the name of Jesus, God. God, I pray that you would sweep across this great congregation today. Amen. That you would touch lives and that you would touch hearts today. God, that you would fill people with your spirit in a special way. That you would break chains and that bind people. Come on, prayer warriors, help me. Join up with somebody. Come on, we need to bind together in faith right now that God's going to do miracles in this house. Come on, God's wanting to tear down some strongholds, uh, some things that's been wearing people down. God wants to heal you and help you. Amen. Let you be victorious. Come on, does anybody want victory in this house? Come on, why don't you shout unto God, I want the victory today, God. I want the victory today, God. Come on now, in a way of worship, why don't you put your hands together for Jesus? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I simply want to preach. It may be that the Lord will. Hallelujah. Everybody say, it may be. That the Lord will. And you'll never know until you get up and go do something. 
Hallelujah. I'd hate to know I was lost for eternity and never tried to get right with God. I would hate to know I missed out on a blessing because I never got up from where I was and made an attempt to do something. Well, hallelujah. Amen. I want to preach it. It may be. I want to describe today the four different types of Israelites that I read about when I read this story. I didn't have time to read all of it, the whole chapter, but the Lord deals with me in simple ways, and so I elementary ways, so this is the only way I know how to preach. Amen. I observed that there were four different kinds of people in this story. And the first type was the Israelites that the Bible would describe a little bit later that were taken into captivity. Amen. The Philistines would uh, make a raid. They would make an ambush and they would go to a village and, and spoil the village, take all the good stuff, and they would take even some of the people. And so there were certain people that were among the Philistines, and they were slaves to the Philistines. The second type of person that I noticed when I began to read this story was that there were people that were uh, free from the Philistines, but they were not free from the fear of the Philistines. Amen. And these people were hiding in holes and caves and wherever they could run to get away from the Philistines. Let me tell you, they were, they were hiding and they were too scared to confront the enemy. This is the second type of person. I just, well, I just feel like telling you that, amen, the person that's scared of the Philistines, that's probably worse than being in bondage to the Philistines. Amen. I want to tell you, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He never promised that the cross would not be heavy, but he promised he would help us. Amen. I don't think there's anybody in this room needs to be scared of tomorrow. Being scared is an awful feeling. This was the second type of Israelite, was the ones hiding in the caves. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to say anything. Might get the devil mad at me. I just want to hide in my little cave and do my little deal because I don't want no trouble. Let me tell you, when you signed up to live for God, God put his name across your forehead. Uh, you might as well get ready to battle every now and then. Uh. Hallelujah, but don't be scared of the enemy. The Bible said you shall receive power. Power. Greater is he that is in than he that's in the world. This was the second type was the scaredy cats. The third type was Saul and his 600 men who were sitting under a pomegranate tree living in despair living in depression, living in doubt, not really scared of the Philistines, but just not enough faith that God would help them win the battle. I don't believe they were living in fear, but they were just sitting there thinking, I, I don't even know if God loves me anymore. I don't know if God would even hear my prayers anymore. I want to tell you, God hates doubt. 
You know why he hates doubt? It's the opposite of faith. And without faith, you can't even please the Lord. Amen. This was the third type. It was the doubters. This was the doubting Thomases that were hanging out under the pomegranate trees thinking, well, this is just my lot in life. This is how I'm going to live. I used to have a palace. Now I'm under a pomegranate tree. And here, here we go. And then you got the fourth type of person, which I would call the Jonathan type, who says, I am a child of God. And God said he would make me the head and not the tail. And I'm not going to let a Philistine reverse my prophecy that God gave me that I would be above and not beneath. Come on, I'm going to preach to you a little while. Amen. It's time for us to get out of the other brackets. Amen. Don't don't blame God if you don't get free, if you just sit under the tree all the time and never get up and do anything about it. Well, I don't know if it's going to get any better. Probably it's going to get worse from here. Amen. This is the fourth type of person. Amen. If I believe if I get up and I try to get out of this situation, I think it may be that God might just get up when I get up. Come on, I'm going to preach about Jonathan today. Uh, You got to get it in your spirit uh, that if you get up and do something, uh, God's going to get up right behind you uh, and he's going to do something. Well, one, two, three, four. You know what? I want to change everybody into a Jonathan this morning. Hallelujah. I guess it just comes down to what you want your heritage to be. What you want to be known as. The guy that died under the pomegranate tree. Or the guy that said, if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to get up out of this trial. I'm going to get up out of this mess. And I'm going to go fight with everything in me. Come on, somebody ought to praise God. Amen. Answer this question for me. How is the next generation going to make it if we're not a Jonathan type? How are your children going to be overcomers if they watch you under the tree or in the cave or hiding in the hole? Amen. How are they going to know what to do? I tell you how I knew how to win because I had a mama that wouldn't take it. She said, when I get to that church, I'm going to shout. I'm going to praise. I'm going to touch God. Come on, Baba Hosanna. Man, think about what would happen if a generation said, on our watch, on my watch, We're not going to sit in depression. Come on, you can let a doctor prescribe it till it's all gone. 
But let me tell you, behind all the buzz and the high, it'll still be there when you... You got to learn how to take it to the enemy. You don't drink it away. You don't peel it away. Hallelujah. Let me preach a while. The Philistines in this setting were just about like the Philistines were when David took it to Goliath a few chapters later. They were camped out so close that they could taunt and they could run their mouth and they could intimidate the armies of the living God. Amen. Well, I feel like preaching. There's some people, you, you just let stuff live way too close to you. Israel wasn't chasing them. Philistine was camping out on Israel's land. And they were so close they could wake up every morning and shout down the mountain, you bunch of losers or whatever they said. Can you imagine God's people living in fear? But Jonathan said, You're not going to camp out in my mind anymore. I'm not going to give the devil an opportunity uh, to hang out in my mind. Uh, You're not going to camp on my doorstep. Uh, I'm going to get up. I said I'm going to get up uh, and I'm going to fight you. See, a lot of times you just got to get up. You got to get sick and tired of it first. When God sees you get up. Something sparked. Something rattled across heaven that day. There's a man full of faith. And he's going to take back what I had given to him in the first place. Hey, I'm praying for every backslider to come home. I'm praying for every inch of property the devil stole from you and stole from me. I'm going to take it back. We're not going to sit and let him take more. Come on, we don't have an option, church. There's no option of just being friends, being neighborly with the enemy, being neighborly with the devil. You can't be neighborly with the devil. Like you can't reason with a terrorist. You got to realize what you're dealing with. He wants you dead. He wants your children dead. He wants your marriage dead. He wants you in hell. You can't. Compromise. You double, come on, lift your hands to the Lord together. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody shout, the devil's a liar. 
Man, think about in your life right now, there's people dealing with tolerating things that they don't have to tolerate. I believe there's trials that come from God, but I believe trials have purposes. Purpose to purge people. Purpose to make you a better man and a better woman. The trials from God are necessary. There's a lot of people dealing with things that ain't trials of God, though. Amen. They're man-made problems. I'll just go ahead and tell you the reason the Philistine was camping out on Israel land. It wasn't because God wanted to teach them a lesson, but it was because Israel had fell into sin. Well, it got quiet all of a sudden. Hey, man, you know what I do when trouble comes my way? I start searching my old heart. Well, it's getting less and less every time. Four. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, man, when trouble starts coming my way, I start praying, God, if this is you trying to teach me something, teach on. <laughs> Amen, but if this is me with something I shouldn't be doing, uh, show me what I'm doing. Uh, I want to be right. I want to live in the blessings of God. I don't want more trouble than I have to have. Man, and Jonathan gets up. Probably wasn't his sin, but it was his daddy. It's sad when children have to deal with problems that didn't originate with them. Well, we're down to zero now. <laughs> it's sad when children have to deal with spirits and things and temptations simply because somebody else before them didn't take a stand. You want to know what's the purpose of living right? You ought to look at your babies. Look at your grandbabies. When you don't feel like going to church on Sunday morning, you ought to look at them. Say, no. Feel the Holy Ghost backing me and something else pushing me. But it's all good. Hallelujah. If you ain't got no other reason to get up, get up for them. When you don't feel like praying, go ahead and pray anyway. Think about who's coming behind you. Jonathan gets up. I don't believe it was his problem at all. He was a great man, but who knows? And he says, I'm going to, I'm about to do something. I'm about to get the victory. I love it when somebody gets a made-up mind. Amen. Somebody, that switch just clicks. Click. No more. I woke up to the sound of those Philistines for the last time. By the end of this day, I'm going to be dead. Or I'm going to be victorious. 
You know what that is? That's a commitment. That's what you call a made up mind. Something's about to change today. I can tell you every time in history when somebody got a made up mind, something changed that day. People come to the altar all the time. I can just about tell who's got a made up mind and who's just kind of hoping something happens. Sometimes it falls on those hoping it happens. Sometimes it don't. But every time I've seen somebody out of their mind, I'm about to get something. It happens. Amen. There's something about getting tired of where you're living. I'm not talking about just people that that need the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about people that got the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about every single person in this room. Amen. The devil tries to come and camp out in your mind. Come give you trouble and whisper in your ear. You'll never make it. They don't love you. You don't belong in that church. You can't live. You got to get tired of that garbage. You got to say, hey, I'm about to get the victory over this today. Somebody praise him right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Victory is always an uphill battle. Praise God. Amen. Maybe I should have started with that. Victory has always been and always will be an uphill battle. The Bible said that there was steep cliffs or it said sharp rocks and I think that means steep cliffs on each side of of the passage that they were going to go up and the Bible said that they were climbing with their hands and their feet which means that's about as steep as it gets. Praise God. Well, I would love to have victory, but I'd sure have to do a little stuff. Well, you ain't the Jonathan type. I just have too many things I'd have to fix. Well, just start fixing. Hey, I don't, I'm sorry. It's hard for me to feel sorry for people. Amen. I, I lived 27 years of stupidity before I got the whole, I had a lot of fixing I had to do. Uh, and if I had to do a lot of fixing and I did it, I think you can do it too. What I have to do, I don't know. You just got to do whatever you have to do to get up to where you need to get to get the victory. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Jonathan, he looked at that steep mountain and he had this mentality that if I start this, God's going to back me up. See, we don't even know why. Stress really is, brother. 
you and one other guy are about to go up the hill and jump on a whole garrison of warriors. The same genetics that would produce Goliath a few chapters later. They probably weren't little guys. But Jonathan. There's something that's got to happen in somebody's spirit. People love their pride too much. I just don't know if I go to that altar, it's going to get ugly. Let it get ugly. It'll be pretty when you're done. Afraid if I really start praying, it's, it's going to cause a scene. You don't know. No, you don't know. The process is the same. I don't care if you're a good sinner or a really, really bad one. You got to repent of your sins. Whatever needs to happen for you to get the Holy Ghost, just make it happen. Hallelujah. People hang on to their feelings too much. I don't know what people are going to think about me if I go up there and I really start crying. They're going to think I'm a... I can tell you, you're in a praying church. And when people start praying, they get discernment. And what discernment will do, it'll scare you when people ain't praying. When they're staring at the ceiling, when you're feeling something, it'd be much worse to sit there like a facade. Like me and Jesus got our own thing going. Amen, you walked into the wrong church for that. Amen, this is a praying church. Hallelujah. This is a loving church. This is a forgiving church. This is a merciful church. We're not going to judge anybody. We're going to help you. We're going to pray with you. Hallelujah. We might even shake you for a while. Well, I don't believe in all that shaking. Well, that's how I got the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Take an old rusty boat. And you know how you get it loose? You spray some of that anointing juice on it first, that WD-40. <laughs> Without the anointing, it ain't going to break it. <laughs> then you start. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize what was wrong with me. I was just full of pride. I didn't want nobody moving my hands. I was Get your hand off of me. I'm not like y'all. About that time, somebody got a hold of me. 
Praise God. And I can't whoop 2,000 people. So I thought I might as well just let them shake me a while. Guess what? I came out of there speaking in tongues. I figured out I am one of those people. I'm just like him. I just needed something. Hallelujah. Man, I, I got to preach what I come to preach. Y'all hang on. Jonathan says, look, let me tell you a little secret. There's no restraint to the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, when you get the word of God in your brain and in your heart, you're going you know why the reason they call us crazy? We see things totally different than how the world sees things. If you just look at it, Jonathan was crazy. But if you really think about it, somebody sat there and told Jonathan when he was a little boy about a judge named Samson that was facing the same people named the Philistines. And with the jawbone of a donkey Somebody, see, church kids have an unfair advantage. Somebody told Jonathan the stories. Gideon had a big army, but God said, no, it's too big. Get rid of some of them. It's still too big. It's still... So if Gideon could do it, and Samson could do it, listen to me, armor bearer. God ain't no respecter of persons. What he did for the judges, he'll do for the princes. Well, if I could just somehow faith could get in somebody's spirit today. Something very interesting, though. He said, he didn't tell his dad what he was doing. Now, this is not a story of getting out of the order of authority and all this stuff. You need to look at it how God designed this. Jonathan knows if I go tell my doubting daddy that's sitting popping depression pills under a pomegranate tree, if I tell him me and Bubba are about to go up that hill and take care of business when him and his 600 men don't feel like they can, I know what he's going to say. Sit down, boy, don't. You sit down, quit acting like that. I want to tell you, when you got faith in God, there's going to be some people you can't share it with them. When God puts you on a journey, uh, there's going to be some people you can't share it with. Uh. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now.
need to find you an arm repairer. You need to find you somebody like-minded like you uh, that believes in the same God you believe uh, that's been through the same trials you've been through. So Jonathan tells his armor bearer, all right, hang on. We're going to go up here and we're going to allow ourselves to be discovered. This is old English. We're about to let them know we're down here. And when we let them know we're down here, if they say we're about to come down there to you, we're going to know this ain't of God. But when we go to the bottom of that hill and we hear them say, come on up here, I'm about to teach you something. That's going to be our sign. We're about to go up there and God's going to teach them something. Let me tell you something. You don't just start thinking this stuff up. This tells me that somewhere Jonathan's been praying. Somewhere he's been saying, God, I'm sick and tired of these Philistines. And somewhere God quickened something in his mind. Jonathan, when you go to the base of that hill, if they say come up, you're going to know I'm going with you. Just go ahead and climb on up. And we're about to take care of business. There's no restraint. Everybody say no restraint. Armor bearer, this is going to be our sign. If they say, come on up, you little, whatever they call them. That's how we're going to know God's with us. Boy, you, you ever been expecting a message, expecting a text, or expecting a call, or you're just sitting, expecting a word from God? You're just sitting it like that, and he's, God's answering somebody's prayers right now? Maybe. I don't know. Hallelujah. Well, God knows how to work, don't he? Jonathan said, we get to the bombers here, we're going to get a phone call. <laughs> we're going to hear it. If they say we're coming down, let's get out of here. Today ain't the day. But if the, <laughs> I don't even know who it was, it don't matter. They say, hey, come on up here, big boys. We're about to go up there. God is going to help us out. They go to the base of the mountain. Hey, Philistine. They didn't even try to sneak up on them. When you got God, you ain't got to be the FBI detective and sleuth and private investigators. When God's on your side, you can just walk up to the mountain. Hey, we're down here. I hope they say the right thing. They were probably holding hands praying together. The Philistines looked down there, heard sound of two little voices. Come on up here. We're going to add you to the slaves we already got. 
When they said, come on up here, it was like fried crappie too. It was a taste they'd been looking for. And they began to climb on with, the, it didn't say their, their knees and their hands, it said their feet in their hands, which means it was almost upright. Don't you know you'll be in a, uh, a situation where it'd be easy to kill you like that? Don't you know I've been praying? <laughs> Don't you know God knows what he's doing? <laughs> and they begin to climb that mountain. When they got up to the top, there was about a half acre flat. And there happened to just be 20 of them right there, 20 Philistines. And the Bible said that they killed all 20 of those Philistines. Now, if one can... God loves multiplication. They, they killed 20 Philistines. But that was just where like the little guards were, I guess. Says there was just 20. But over there on the other side of the, was the whole garrison. And when the whole garrison heard what was going on and began to see, we're getting killed. The Bible said they were scared. Don't you know you're supposed to be scared? No. Not when you got a mandate from God. Not when you've been going to prayer beating. Not when you've been obedient to the word of God. You don't live in fear. Now the garrison of the Philistines... They started getting scared. They began to tremble. And the Bible said the earth began to tremble then. <laughs> what are you doing, God? It was like, this is a little funny. Don't worry about it. I know what I'm doing. The Bible says that the Philistines began to turn on one another. They began to kill each other. Well, I don't know how I'm going to win. You may not have to win. You may just have to be obedient. You may just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the Philistines began to kill one another. And it was a great victory. But that ain't what I come to preach about. Five more minutes and I'm done, Lord willing. Praise God. But when the victory began to happen, do you remember those other three kinds of people? One of them were the slaves that were in the garrison of the Philistines. They were in bondage. When Jonathan brought victory... Those that were in bondage started looking and thought, you know what? We're going to be like Jonathan. And the ones that were in bondage said, I'm not in bondage. I'm a 
child of God. And they turn on the Philistines and begin to smoke them. Hang on. Hang on, that ain't all. And then there were other people. You remember those other kind of people? That were hiding in the caves? Because they were scared when they heard the battle start and they heard the Philistines getting killed. When they saw what was going on, they come out of their caves and they started helping Jonathan. Hang on, that ain't all. You remember those people that were in depression? Sitting under the pomegranate tree? Those other type of people? I'm just depressed. I can't read. When they heard it, Saul said, is somebody missing? Yeah, they're missing because he couldn't tell you because you ain't got no faith. They started looking around. Who's missing? Somebody's up there wearing them out. It's your boy Jonathan and his armor bearer. And the people that were depressed, the pill poppers, the Michelob drinkers, the pot smokers, just trying to make it. When they realized victory was happening, they threw their pill bottles down. They jumped up. They ran up the passage and they joined in on the battle. And the Bible said at the end of the day, there was a great victory in Israel. Hallelujah. How can I be a soul winner? Be a Jonathan. I was praying yesterday. God, if I could get one Jonathan in every family, I'd like for them all to be. But if I could just get one, one Jonathan will drag other people out of depression. One Jonathan will drag their children out of fear. One Jonathan with a made-up mind can take people that are in bondage and in a moment give them a new life. What does it take? God's looking for a spark. God's looking for somebody that's not more worried about their social life than their spiritual life. If you love your life, you're going to lose it. But if you don't... I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. You know what I'm praying? 
I, I, I've studied this my whole life. I, I've read about David, and he, he gets all the headlines. Don't he? Don't David get all the headlines? Without Jonathan, there ain't a David. Jonathan is the one that protects David. Jonathan says, I'm going to shoot this bow, and you'll know by the way my arrow goes uh, whether you're going to die or live. And if I shoot it a certain way, you better get out of here. Uh, hey, man, it takes somebody with a burden. Don't you know, Jonathan? Uh, hey, man, if you let David live, you won't be the king. Don't you know I'm not worried about a position? Uh, I'm worried about souls. Uh, I want people to be... Stand together with me. What's destroyed revival? It's people that were more worried about themselves than victory in the camp. David looked at his boy. No, Saul looked at his boy. Excuse me. Said, Jonathan, don't you know if David lives... You'll never be king. Why are you protecting him? Because I see anointing. I'm sorry, Dad. It's just in me. My life means nothing to me. I'm about what God wants. I want victory. Amen. I want God's people to be free. Praying. Studied it. I always just felt like David was the greatest man. I thought about this man, Jonathan. Selfless. Many times David was selfish. But this man... God, I want your perfect will. Jonathan gave his life for the nation of Israel. He died on the battlefield when he could have been in the palace. I tell you, I'm praying this spirit of that great man would fall on people in this room. Where are the interpreter of the dreams? Where are the Josephs that could take Pharaoh's dream? And get under the load and let God use them. Well, if I'm not Pharaoh, I'm not playing. That's not Jonathan. I could preach on, but I'm done. What was the purpose of the interpreter of the dream, Joseph? If you keep reading, you figure out why. Why did God need an interpreter? Because it was him that God put the wisdom in. And years later when his brothers are coming together and they're starving. But there's corn and wheat 
Egypt. He looked down at his brothers. Don't, don't, don't be fearful, brothers. You didn't do this. God did this. Well, you may, you may have had a bad spirit when you did it. But God meant it for good to save much people. Jonathan, don't you know? Dad, don't you know? I'm a servant of God. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. All it takes is one man with a made-up mind and a determination. My family is not going to become the next slaves to the Philistines. My children ain't going to be slaves to the Philistines. In the name that is above every name. A spark. One man, one woman, one child. With the Spirit. We're the people of God. We're not supposed to be in bondage. We're not supposed to be in fear. We're not supposed to be depressed. One man, Brother Echoes, just changed the whole future of the country. One man. One place he said, I searched for a man. looked all over for a man that could just stand in the gap God said I'm looking for a man that I can use to bring the victory to my people I'm looking for one prayer warrior if I can find one intercessor today Come on, I feel the Spirit of God won't impart some things on people. Come on, why don't you lift your hands to the Lord all over this house? Come on, ask God. Come on, ask God. Put it on me, God. Put it on my spirit, God. Come on, in Jesus' name. Come on, I feel a revival about to happen. I feel revival in somebody's family is about to come. Because there's a Jonathan about to rise up. Come on, lift up your voice like a trumpet to God. Ah.